There are a lot of movies and films out there. Too many, in fact, to see in a single lifetime. This is especially true, however, if you only watch a certain subset of movies or a specific genre. Here in America, there's a certain type of movie that is not entirely celebrated enough, at least in my mind, and that is the foreign film. Which is a real shame, because there are some terrific movies out there not spoken in the English language. Some of the best movies ever made, in fact. Today, I wanted to highlight one of those. One that holds a special place in my collection, heart, and mind. A movie that is likely the first art film showcased on this show, and one from a cinematic master. So if you're like me, and you enjoy film and the impact and emotions they convey, then grab a glass of your preferred liquid and join me for the next little while. For me, that's a homemade white Russian. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the love of film. Welcome to Glazed Cinema. specifically about the art that makes them tick. Though I felt that way for a long time, I found myself more enveloped in exploring other cultures in my sophomore year of high school and beyond. Like anything in life, everything starts with something. One thing that opens the door to more opportunities. That was the same in my experience. For me, I began gaining interest from learning about my family history, specifically on my mom's side of the family, who were Sicilian immigrants. That sparked my interest in Italy and learning more about the history, culture, and the experiences of my ancestors. It wasn't until my sophomore year of high school that I more consciously took to exploring art from other cultures. I listened to music from around the world, specifically metal, and even more specifically black metal, read books from international authors, and of course watched foreign films. I even developed a small goal to find at least one black metal band I liked and buy an album of theirs from each European country, a feat that required a good amount of research and listening. And that was a lot of fun, and fed my curiosity. In that exploration, I found that each country had a different manner of expression, which I found fascinating, 
I still do, in fact. That makes sense when you think about it. But in my immature mind, as a high schooler, I was fascinated. We are all inspired, shaped, and affected by our environment, our circumstances, our experiences. And in that regard, each country is pretty unique from one another. I gravitated, though, toward art from a few countries. But there was one that stood out among the rest, and for a lot of reasons. The biggest of all is that the art I was consuming was, quite simply put, amazing. It was everything I had wanted at the time. It asked the questions I was asking, explored a depth of consciousness that resonated with me, and was told with a lot of honesty. I gravitated toward literary and cinematic works of Russian art. For me, that began with books. I read The Idiot by Dostoevsky, and I needed more of whatever magic was in that recipe. I then began reading Tolstoy, Chekhov, and Nabokov, among others. One of my favorite books was, and maybe still is, Eugene Onesian by Alexander Pushkin. In it, I found a lovely and lyrical wording and imagery that satisfied my imagination and an amazing cadence that felt undeniably masterful. Today, Russia is getting a lot of flack, and that is very understandable. But their culture is rich with some pretty phenomenal works of art. And today, I'm going to highlight one of my favorite films. Not just of that culture, but in general. A film which comes from a Russian cinematic genius. Our subject today is a lot like the book I mentioned earlier, Eugene Onesian. It, too, is by a Russian master, and it's a movie that checks pretty much all of the same boxes. It's about a man named Alexei who is dying. A man who we never see, only hear through his narration. Alexei accounts his life to us through his memories, which are non-linear. In them, we learn about his mother, his childhood, the war, and the moments that made him who he is. It's an experience told in a sort of episodic nature, jumping around not only in time, but between characters who we follow. With each orated passage, shedding light on a life unknown to us, what unfurls is a dreamlike, almost entrancing movie that is equally as thought-provoking as it is beautiful. Now, make no mistake, it is an art film. One made by one of the great auteurs of cinema. A film from legendary Russian director Andrei Tarkovsky. For my money, Tarkovsky is one of the five best filmmakers of all time, which for some might be a bit of a hot take. But if you look at his work, it's impossible to deny his skill, his vision, but more importantly, his impact. 
Our subject today is titled Mirror, and it is one of my favorite films. I've watched it several times, and with each viewing, I seem to discover something new and amazing. It strikes a chord with me that just feels right, and I find myself melting into it every time I tune in. Having said that, I fully understand that this type of movie will not be everyone's cup of tea. Some people might find it confusing, slow, or boring. One of those being my wife. I introduced her to this film last year with the clarity beforehand that what she was about to watch was her first true art film experience. When it was all said and done, it did not resonate with her, but I appreciated that she watched it nonetheless. Personally though, I get lost in the amazing imagery, beautifully rhythmic narration, and the tales being unfurled before me every time. Before I go any further, I feel it might be helpful to explain a term you might hear now and again in cinematic circles, which is art house. Art house films are movies that tell the story within their celluloid with an artistic-minded expression. Now, that is fairly vague, so let's unpack that a little bit. Artistic could mean a variety of things. It could mean that the boundaries of the norms of cinema are being pushed, expanded, or challenged through new techniques. This is where some of the most groundbreaking movements come into play, like the French New Wave. It could also mean that the movie is being delivered as a form of art, through its cinematography, direction, and acting. If you juxtapose that with non-arthouse films, you'll find works geared more towards entertainment, and with that in mind, it's easy to spot the differences. You can get a real sense of these two by looking at the most recent top 100 lists from two of the most respected and revered film institutions in the world, the BFI, or the British Film Institute, and the AFI, the American Film Institute. The BFI's list, also called Sight and Sound, is almost exclusively arthouse. It features a lot of films with fantastic execution, great story, and celebrates the art of filmmaking. AFI's list, however, movies that are timeless, nostalgic, and make us coming back for more time and time again. Now that is not to say that the AFI's list lacks in artfulness, or that the BFI's list lacks in entertainment, but those two lists will illustrate the differences very well. Now, whether you are familiar with Art House or not, a lot of cinematic gems are found here, along with some of the best directors, screenwriters, actors, and actresses. So if you find yourself more interested in cinema, I highly recommend exploring more films in general 
including our house films. Among those great artistic minds found in Art House is the director of today's subject. Andrei Tarkovsky was a director with a tremendous vision and understanding of time and space. He also loved achieving real time, that's R-E-A-L, in real time, R-E-E-L. He began directing in the 1950s and debuted his first full-length feature in 1961. We can see several long continuous shots across his filmography that are beautifully done to show that real time in real time. One of those being the opening scene of his final film called The Sacrifice. It's a shot that lasts over nine minutes and is a great example of that real time in real time. Tarkovsky graduated from VGIK, or the State Institute of Cinematography, in 1960. With him was a prestigious class of filmmakers who would go on to define Russian cinema for the next generations. Alongside him were the likes of L.M. Klimov, highlighted in my third episode for Come and See, Sergei Bondarchuk, and Larissa Shipitko. Each of them seemingly making movies within different genres and carving out a legacy for themselves, while at the same time introducing the world to new Russian cinema. Gone were the ways of Sergei Eisenstein, and here a new generation was finding things to say and putting a stamp on Russian art for the international stage. Andre's filmography is impressive, to say the least, with several amazing works, including Andre Rublev, The Stalker, Nostalgia, and Solaris, to name just a few. The vast majority of his early career, all of his movies took place in his home country of Russia, while in the later years of his life, almost everything was outside the country, which was for a very specific reason but we'll get into that a little later. Mirror is an allegory, playing with the timeline of the narrator's life. It weaves a tale of the narrator reflecting as an ill man on his deathbed. All of the moments depicted are all based on real events of Tarkovsky's life, as well as the lives of his grandmother and mother to weave a non-linear tale of history. In the words of the director himself, quote, This film was based on my own screenplay, containing no invented episodes. All the episodes were really part of our family history, all of them, without exception, end quote. There are so many fantastic scenes in this movie. The beginning and end, though, are quite special, at least I think. They're almost direct opposites in terms of feeling. I won't talk about the end too much for obvious reasons. This is a spoiler-free podcast, but I will talk about the beginning. 
the film opens with a young man in front of a TV set. It's an old TV set. Obviously, this film was made in the 70s. As he turns it on, we can see the fuzzy nature of the TV begin to turn on, but we hear people talking. Then he begins to usher himself back. We get a view over his shoulder, and then suddenly we're just on the TV screen. It's a black and white picture as a woman who is a hypnotist is trying to help a young man get over his stuttering, of which he has a pretty severe case of. And the scene is pretty captivating. I almost feel like we're watching some sort of documentary. But it's so different from the rest of the movie. And I felt that way when I first watched it. But having seen it a lot of times, it just feels right. It just feels the right way to start. Which is exactly how the ending feels. And this film has a lot of great things working for it, at least in my mind. But maybe the most impactful part of our subject today is the narration that guides us throughout. On my first viewing, it certainly was for me, and it's what captured me the most. The narrator speaks eloquently through a beautifully enunciated poetic delivery that is absolutely spellbinding. All of the words spoken are taken from poetry of Arseny Tarkovsky, Andre's father. And it's Arseny himself who is also the voice behind the narration, which undoubtedly aids in his excellent delivery. I find the way he delivers his narration to be absolutely fantastic, almost meditational. It's absolutely wonderful. As I said, this is my favorite film of Tarkovsky's filmography. And I had the pleasure of seeing this screened here in Philadelphia, thanks to the great people at the Philadelphia Film Society earlier this year which was such a joy for me. Everything is better on the big screen, and that rang very true for Mir as well. I really loved it. Now, there are so many shots in this movie that are just fantastic. Some of them are just ingrained in my mind. I feel like if I close my eyes, I can see them unfurling in front of me. One of those has a great play on time and this concept of a family history in a movie. And it all plays out with these beautifully simple and very smooth tracking shots that change perspective without warning and do it so that we don't even catch on until we notice something's a little off. It has to deal with a fire. And I used a shot in this scene as the hint of this episode. If you watch closely and you pay attention to that scene in particular, you will notice some timeline shifts, some characters who are there and present, who are suddenly not present or replaced by others. And you'll see a shift in paradigm like that about three, maybe four times. but 
Unless you're watching it for the second or third time, you might not even pick up on it. It's that smooth, that subtle, and that well done. But that scene in particular, all of its nuances, its beauty and imagery, and its smooth execution is one of my favorites. It really sticks out to me. Also a great scene with a man, a Spanish man in fact, who's imitating his favorite bullfighter who's on the TV. That's a really great sequence. I also always enjoyed the part where his mother is running through the rain trying to get to work. That particular scene with the, the rain and the security checks and all those things is really quite special for me. There's a lot of them. Every time I see this film, something new stands out. It has that kind of effect. So if you watch it, and you like what you see, but you're not quite sure what you just watched, I recommend watching it again. You'll probably see some different things. And if art films aren't your thing, I completely understand. But I wanted to highlight this one. Again, it's something I really don't tire of. In fact, I find it more beautiful and captivating the more times I see. Mirror was one of Tarkovsky's last films made in Russia, or at that time, the Soviet Union. Almost all of his best works were shot and released within the Soviet Union. It wasn't until he kind of got fed up with censorship and how strict it was that he decided to leave. He felt that his reputation and his art was suffering and he wasn't reaching the international audience that he was hoping for. And in 1979, the same year in which he released one of his most iconic movies, Stalker, he left his country. He even declared his own exile as well. Outside of the Soviet Union, he would make his two final films. One being Nostalgia, shot in Italy and released in 1983, and the other being The Sacrifice, shot in Sweden and released in 1986, which unfortunately was the same year as his untimely death, at the age of 54. The Mirror is one of his best films, at least in my mind. And BFI also included it in their Sight and Sound Top 100 list, released either early this year or later last year. And for the first time, that list included films on from this century. The Mirror was on there, along with three other Tarkovsky films, all of which were in the top 75, which I was pretty happy to see. Mirror is different. It's different from a lot of different films, even within the art house. But if you enjoy or appreciate the more artful side of cinema, I would give this one a try. It comes highly recommended by me, if that means anything. If you'd like to watch The Mirror for yourself, you can find it on a variety of streaming services. At the time of this recording, you can find it on the Criterion channel. 
The Criterion Channel is a service of tremendous value from our friends at the Criterion Collection, with pricing options of $10.99 per month or $99 per year, which is what I chose to do. You can also find it on services like Prime Video or Freevee for free, or on Vudu for $2 to rent. This episode was written and recorded by me, Brian Kinney, with music by Kevin McLeod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Each week, there will be new content, including hints about episodes before they air. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, visit our website at glazedcinema.com. There you'll find more info about the show and a place to submit ideas for future episodes. For film fans who are hearing impaired, the blog page on our website features each episode in written form as well. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time with another beverage and another fine film on Glazed Cinema. Thank you.